it's definitely Cloud Chaser TV, man. We back up in this thing again, you dig? Hey, man, we got a special guest on the line, man. Can you introduce yourself? Um, this is Zeke Black from East Harlem. I'm the PT-131 crew. I'm just representing Golden Era Harlem, man, east side, west side. And, um, you know, just, just, just the good times, you know what I'm saying? And what the Rooftop Club and what Harlem and East Harlem had to do with the culture of hip-hop and how it helped hip-hop progress to the, the stages at now. Word, man. Look, man, salute, man. We appreciate you blessing our platform, man. Amen. And death for the Cloud Chaser TV. What we like to do is we try to dig deep and maybe ask some questions that maybe other podcasts may have missed. So with that being said, man, I want you to take me back, you know what I'm saying, to the 80s, man. You know what I'm saying? Like 87, the Alpo era, you know what I'm saying? Like the, you know what I'm saying, the crack era, you know what I'm saying? Harlem, New York. You got the Andre Harrells coming up with the Uptown. You got the, you yes, know, sir. Teddy Riley, the Rooftop. Tell me yes, about sir. it, man. Um, going, go, go, go to that, that generation. You know, New York City had a, was on a crazy crime wave. There was over fifteen hundred people dying a year. Um, it was a, it was a terrible time, a crack epidemic. Um, kids, ha- kids having kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, no fathers in the home. This is before the mass incarceration. You know what I'm saying? This is this is this is it was a time that New York City was going through a transition from a depression in the, in economically. And then we had to find us as people, we had to create things. You understand what I'm saying? And some things that was created was hip hop. Um the, the, you know the all styles and three D B boy and breakdancing, but the rhyming part is what took over, you know what I'm saying, began to take off. And Teddy Riley, who was raised in St. Nicholas, Nicholas Project, was on the forefront of that, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we had the Red Alerts on the radio, Chuck Chillouts on the radio. Then we also had the um, Marley Malls and, you know, rest in peace, Mr. Magic. Back then it was the Mr. Magic Rap Attack on WBLS. Then you had, you know, Kiss FM that just had the Red Alert. And Chuck Chillout show. You yeah, because you had Heavy D was signed to, um, and the boys was signed to um, Uptown Records doing. Yes. You know, that's coming out of all of Yes. Andre Orwell. That was 87. Yes. They had the group called, they had a, Orwell comes from a rap group called Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. A lot of people don't even know that um, Andre Orwell was behind that, that 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 series in New York New York Undercover. He was actually behind that. Like that like the first two seasons, Andre, that that whole concept came from like Andre Harrell. And the guy that actually made that that actually produced it is the guy that makes um Law and Order. The whole Law and Order series, the same guy. You know what I'm saying? And I know his right. last name is Wolf. And the, that's the guy that Went on from 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 New York Undercover to make Law and Order, but before he made New York Undercover, that same guy Wolf. I forgot his first name. But his last name is Wolf. He made a, a show Wolf. called Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Dick Blues. Wolf. That's the name, Dick Wolf. Yeah, he made a he made a show called um, Hill Street Blues that that was on a uh, the functional police department in a in the drug era. You know what I'm saying? 
drug and gang. Right. Yeah. Um, Teddy Riley was instrumental in, um, you know, in hip-hop, Kumo D had a big battle with, with you know, Busy B. And Busy B, he beat Busy B at Harlem World. You know, he defeated him. And he's part of a crew called the Treacherous Three. And, you know, Teddy Riley seen something in Kumo D. And he made a single, because, you know, Teddy Riley's uncle owned the famed rooftop. You know what I'm saying? The rooftop club is instrumental with the whole hip-hop culture. You know, shout out to dude, the DJ Bushy B. Shout out to Big J, the bodyguard. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? These, this is when DJ Boosty B was king. You know what I'm saying? And right. a lot of money caps was going there. A lot, a, lot, a lot of players was going there. A lot of people don't even know that Teddy Riley produced. A lot of people, a lot of people don't even know that Teddy Riley produced the show. Dougie Fresh, and, uh, you know what I'm saying? He, he, yeah, he but see, I want you to tell, like, I want you to tell us, like, how it was in the streets, like, when it come down to, you know, during that time, a lot, of, a lot of the entertainers wanted to be, you know, what I'm saying the, the the crack dealers, you know, what I'm saying because they was, you know, it was during the crack era, you know, millionaires. You talking millionaires during this time, right? So a lot yeah. of them, you know, from LL Cool J, you know, they they even talk about it in their, their history, you know, and like during that time, like what was they doing different from the actual, like the actual entertainers was doing different from the um you know the drug the was doing it that era. Well, back then the rooftop was 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 dominated from the bosses, the hustlers. You know the butterswap leathers from Dapper Dan, the Dapper Dan suits, the Gucci suits, the Fendi suits, and Alpo led the charge. Like Alpo was the reason, may have played a major reason why a lot of cats went to the rooftop because he did a lot of things at the rooftop. You dig what I'm saying? Like. He used to have videotapes of him having sex with females. So dude is into that. Where he used to, you know what I'm saying? Alpo was a major was a major player in that in that fixture with the blowouts, the butter soft leather, the pastel colors, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of rappers wanted to emulate the Alpos. That uptown swag. Like they called the uptown swing, the uptown swag. And Teddy Valley was able to Teddy Valley. Let me, let me, let me I don't I usually don't do this, but I gotta let them know, you know, um, with the with the background of this is actually the famous scene. He's talking about it in real life. The famous scene from Payton Four, when Alpo comes in the club, and you know, what I'm saying everybody shouting him out to DJs. He's actually talking about these people, guys. So listen up. Yes, and and, and you know we have the we have the AZs in the club. Yes, the rich porters. Then we have other bosses in the club. I'm saying not just them, but it's just that Alpo was doing so much in the club that whenever when people spoke of the rooftop, he spoke of Alpo. Yo, Poe was there last weekend. He saw the videotape of him having sex with a chick on videotapes. That was major, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody was doing that. So a lot of people was just going to the rooftop at one point just to see Poe. You dig what I'm saying? Like, they was just going to see Alpo. That's to see Alpo in the club. You know what I'm saying? And what Teddy Riley did was he piggybacked off that. Not saying, you know what I'm saying? He created a record label. Um, he produced a song for, um, uh, independent. It, it, it was independent. Let me be clear. Wu Top Records. He produced two good songs. 
um, go see the Dr. Kumo D. That's the album that Kumo D was going at LL Cool J. And then he produced, he also produced um, K. Bones. I forgot his rap partner name, but he had a song called New Rap Generation. That song is actually being played on the Paid in Full soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? The Classical 2, I believe it was. The Classical 2. Shout out to one of these you heard. You know what I'm saying? And um, he created that. And through that, he was able to get a deal with Uptown Records as well. And he had a, he was part of a group called Guy. But then he also got a, a, a production deal with Jive Records. A lot of people don't even know that. He's the one that worked that, that made that song for um, Big Daddy Kane, I Work, I Get the Job Done. Teddy Riley produced that song. Teddy Riley produced for High Five. Teddy Riley produced for Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Um, but he brought the Uptown Swags, the Buttersworth Leathers with the rhinestone glasses. All that was outpouring them. You understand what I'm saying? The Dapper Dan jackets, the Gucci jackets, the Fendi jackets, the MCM jackets. All that was Dapper. All that was... The hustlers buying that, and then the rappers recreating what the hustlers was doing. You know what I'm saying? Because that was the style that was out. Everybody was following what was going on at the rooftop. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the styles of the rooftop is what took over hip-hop, bro. You know what I'm saying? And what came out of that was the New Jack Swing era. The pastel colors, you know, the yellows and the green and the, the oranges and the neon green jackets, butter soft leathers. You know what I'm saying? Right. That whole bamboo, ever, you know what I'm saying? All that came out the rooftop club, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to lie. I leave the Willie Burger scene in the rooftop. That was, and, and what Teddy Riley did was he took something that was in the club and made it international. You know what I'm saying? Even if you watch Groove Me by Guys, that was a scene of the rooftop. You know what I'm saying? How dudes look, butter soft leathers, chemical blowouts. Rhinestone glasses and just dancing, having a good time. You know what I'm saying? That was the rooftop, and then there was also two other clubs that was popping. Three other clubs, like the Red Pirate, Bentley's, and the Shadow. Those spots was popping as well, bro. You hear me? And when it came to our hip hop culture in New York City, we had 1018 and we had the Latin quarters, but as if for more, for 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 more adult money crowd, the money catch was going to spots like. The Red Parrot, Bentley's. That's where you might bump into a CO at. You know what I'm saying? And it was being that, that Alpro flavor, that, that, that blowout, butter soft leathers. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I ain't gonna lie to you, when Poe used to pull up to the rooftop, it was like a concert outside. You know what I mean? Because, people, because word of mouth is crazy, bro. Word of mouth is, 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 it was so crazy that at one point people was going to Dapper Dance just because Alpro was going to Dapper Dance. You know what I'm saying? He played a major part in this hip-hop culture, bro. A major part. But Teddy Riley, in the rooftop, man, definitely shout out to DJ Boosie B. You know what I'm saying? Because that's who Kick and Pre shouts out. You know what I'm saying? That's what Boosie B. Was that the famous DJ DJ, uh, in the scene of Payton Fool who was on the mic shouting him out? Um, That was Busy B. 
Boosie B was Busy the one that was, yeah, 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 that was him, yep. You had, you had Busy B that was in this thing with him, and you had Boosie B, yes, because Boosie B is on, the, is, on, is on the Paid in Full soundtrack, yes. You had Busy B that was, remember Busy B was the short one, and Boosie right. B was the tall one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was the yes, one sir. saying, like, yo, Al Poe in the club and all that, right? Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Right. I don't want though, Al Poe turned the West Side out with his style. And rooftop was the stage. It really was the stage for the West Side. And that's where when the money generation changed and big gold chains and butter soft leathers and, you know, $100 uptowns, that was that era for that. You know what I'm saying? Deodoras, you know what I'm saying? Dudes were switching up every, every day with sneakers. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was a different culture outside. Back then, the Jamaicans were wearing clocks, ballets, satin, you know, no, like dress pants and long shirts and dreads. And it was... Into the Rastafarian culture, you know what I'm saying? Like when you talk right. of fashion, of course we talking like you know you definitely had Dapper Dan around, you know what I'm saying yeah. during that time, and you know, uh, but how was like did, did did they have like the polo scene like how they how they had it in New York in the night? Did they have it during that time as well, like '88, '87? Yes, you had polo, but that was the book. But the Brooklyn cats they definitely took over with the polo situation with the low lives. We was wearing polo, but Brooklyn, they dominated the polo scene. Brooklyn and Queens dominated that scene. That whole polo, because you had a, you had a, you had a crew called the Low Lives, and that was their specialty. Not just the Low Lives, but you had spinners, other Low Lives, but basically the Low Lives specialty was to, 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 to get that polo. So when you went to Brooklyn, you see mad cats with the ill ski polo jackets, mad baggy polo, the polo mocks and all that. Like That was a Brooklyn thing, you know what I'm saying? Not a, like, like when you went to Brooklyn, them, them Brooklyn cats was really heavy on the load. You know what I'm saying? But that was part of the culture. So, so I know front, when you had Brooklyn cats that was going to the rooftop, they came through all that low on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah, that was, that was definitely, Polo was definitely in effect. I know in my hood, we had a spot called the Grand Spot. I was into wearing Pepe jeans. Like, you know what I'm saying? Pele jeans. That was, the, that, that, that was like on the east side. Pepe jeans was popping, Pele jeans was popping, Calvin's, Black Calvin's, Uptowns, uh, 40 Below's, Woolridge's, you know what I'm saying, Snorkels, you know what I'm saying, um, New York Skelly hats. If you look at Road to Riches, that's how he was dressing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. how G-Rap how G looked with the corduroys, with the 40 Below's, with, with the sweater, with, with, with the snorkel on, that's the type of time we was on, bro, you hear me? The money, the money cats, but but the more exclusive money cats has been like polo, like like Alpha had that long trench Louis Vuitton snorkel. They was doing that. You know what I'm saying? They was wearing the forty belows with the MCM jackets. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my man Happy and all of them. You know what I'm saying? Happy from Wash. You know what I'm saying? Right. So all that played a part in hip hop, bro. That one club. Because that club was more fashionable because the hustlers was more fashionable. So it wasn't about dancing and doing backflips in the club. It was about, it was, the rooftop became a fashion, a fashion show that somebody seen and it took it to hip hop. Like a lot of people don't know that Puff Daddy, that's what he bought to Hanjay O'Rell. He bought to him what dudes was doing in the club. And all that blending and, and remixed up, that comes from the Boosie B, DJ Hollywood, that's the name of a few generations, you know what I'm saying? K. Capri and Ron G. 
and he brought that song. He he brought that sound internationally with Mary J. Blige, four one one the remix album, and that was Puff Daddy's oh. Clean the Fame. You know what I'm saying? Let me ask you a question, though. Like, like during this time, you know, um, a lot of people, you know, you've been there, a lot of people don't get the full background on, like, um, ASAP Hartberg, um, father, like his impact on fashion during that time. Yes, I knew about him because they was making the T-shirts for the concerts and all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they was killing the concerts. There was a concert in Madison Square Garden. They had the T-shirts. You know what I'm saying? And they was killing Nassau, Coliseum. They was killing the game. But hip at one point. It was before the game because now people get millions of dollars off of that. <laughs> it's crazy. Merch. Merch. It was merch. He was killing the game with the, with, 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 with the silk screens. But what happened in New York City was there was a tragic concert that happened, I believe, in 1988, 87, at the Nassau Coliseum in New York City band hip-hop concerts at any arena in Long Island. The dudes got robbed, dudes were getting stabbed. It was bad. It was, naturally, it was a big concert there, you know what I'm saying? And don't quote me, 87 and 88. And I, so at some point, they wasn't doing hip-hop concerts at the Garden or Nassau Coliseum, because those are only spots, you know what I'm saying? And so A-Side First Pops had to resort to, you know, street stuff, like, you know, the Naughty by Nature OPP t-shirts, you know what I'm saying? Um, the Nas, <laughs> Illmatic, Wu-Tang, Clean, Queen t-shirts, but it all worked. It still sold in the hood, dog, you know what I'm saying? You hear me? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, even... So, like, like during that time as well, you had, like, uh, Melvin Earl Combs, you know what I'm saying, with Puff Daddy's, you know what I'm saying, father, you know, who was allegedly associated with, you know what I'm saying, the Air Force thing with uh, Frank Lucas. Like, um, like, is that, like, did you see any type of wave, like, going on with that type of situation? Um, when I moved to East Harlem, I understood what they was talking about with the Puerto Ricans because when I moved to East Harlem in 1979, I knew that in 1981, there was a coke spot in my building. Not saying coke, but it was a coke spot. And the guy who had the coke spot was Puerto Rican. And he was the only guy that everybody was coming to to buy coke. And how I know is because my brother used to change the ice for him in the coke spot. So he would tell us, like, yo, don't be in there. He's selling this white stuff and his drugs. But back then, in the, in the early 80s, cocaine was a party drug. So a lot of the b-boys, b-boys, a lot of the pimps. So when I heard about what happened to Puff Pops and they said the Puerto Ricans, at that point in time, the Puerto Ricans did control the cocaine trade. You hear me? Where I was right. at. And he told them, you know what I'm saying? And he might have got caught up with them, you know, in a bad situation because he probably was the only one that was really uptown selling, you know, selling that white stuff to do, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I, 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 like I told you, I don't know how people do their business. You know what I'm saying? So I would yeah, never yeah, want to. absolutely. Crazy I was, about you, you know, yeah. I just wanted to give you. Did you hear anything yeah. going on during that era? I remember that. Bro. You know what I mean. I remember that, bro. I remember. I actually see the coke spot, and the guy who had the coke coke spot was. It, he lived in my building, and his coke spot was on the it, it was downstairs, part of the building, the storefront. You know what I'm saying. Actually, he had two storefronts. That's why I know he had to be somebody because back then the mob could still control. That part of East Harlem, you know what I'm saying? Like when you watch The Godfather of Harlem, where Gigante was at, that's where that's where I grew up at. 
You know what I'm saying? One Fourteenth Pleasant Avenue. When he when he talked to them blacks, anything that showed him on his side, the social clubs, that's the side I grew up on, bro. You know hear I me? Mean? That's East right. Harlem. Any scene you've seen with Gigante, 90% of those scenes where they sit in a social club or in front of that right. social club, that was 114th between First and Pleasant, bro. You hear me? Down the block is a high school called Benjamin Franklin, which is Manhattan Center. That's the school that Killer Cam went to. You know what I'm saying? Mason, all of them. Dope, dope. Dope, man. No, man, I definitely uh, appreciate you for blessing our platform, man, giving us some... Uh, Type of insight, man. I definitely like to touch down to give them some history, you know what I'm saying? I'll definitely cloud chasing TV. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed this one, man. If you can shout out your um, social platforms one more time. Definitely shout out to my man Crown Print, Crown TV. Shout out out to Ant Team Smoke. Um, I'm just, what I just did right now is, I'm sorry, I'm letting you know that a lot of that newer hip hop. The flavor, the dress code, that came out the rooftop. That came out of how, that's what Harlem was like, the west side. The rooftop was a fashion show, you know what I'm saying? And Alpo, Rich Porter, rest in peace, and AZ, Gangsta Lou, Tony Capone, Whip Wop, they all played a part to that, you know what I'm saying, you hear me? To that culture. Not just them, but that's really major, you know what I'm saying? DJ Boosie B, full, full running, well, DJ Boosie B, is what helped DJ Kick and Plea. And when DJ Kick and Plea got what he had to go to, Kick and Plea, Bob Kick and Plea took it internationally. You know what I'm saying? But he basically piggybacked off of Boosie B. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Um, definitely, bro. I just gave you paid in full, bro. You know what I'm saying? The club. So basically, Teddy Riley, when he first blew, he brought Guy out in that whole New Jack swing. That was definitely uh, what was going on in the... Uptown world, you know what I'm saying? Bentley's, yeah, man, Red Parrot, that mature man. crowd. Bentley's, <laughs> Red Parrot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Rooftop, you know what I'm saying? So definitely salute to you, bro. Definitely salute to the Singleton family and um on that on on one five five and all that. You know what I'm saying? Definitely shout out to my man Timothy Simmons from 1909 Amsterdam Avenue. Don't free Sugar Hill Tone, you know what I'm saying? Appreciate you, bro, you know what I'm saying? Man, salute, man. Hey, man, y'all go hashtag Feed the Wolves, man. Hey, it's Duff for the Cloud Chasing TV, man. We back up in the state again, you dick. <laughs>